This is On The Radar, episode 127. I'm Radar, and as always, we'll talk about local national sports and pop culture as well. For those who were curious, last week I dropped two podcasts because in the world of baseball, with the lockout over, all these moves happened, which is why I briefly touched on it in those podcasts, but went full length at the two YouTube videos. So check out On The Radar on YouTube for my MLB observations about the offseason so far, all the moves. And both those podcasts for all the NFL free agency that happened over the last two weeks. As we're going to get into some more football in just a moment. But let's get to the news. Unfortunately, we lost Akira Takarada. He was a Japanese film actor best known for his roles in the Godzilla film series, the original one. He passed away at the age of 87. That's basically all the things that he did with me. And the one of the last things he did is they moved, as they said, this dance with me and Life in the Bloom. And he did animation as well. And video games, so he had a long career, so rest in peace to him. And rest in peace to John Clayton, who passed away at age 67. He was a journalist for the Football League, and he worked for ESPN. And as a kid growing up, he used to be on SportsCenter and all the football shows, giving his opinion. And we always joked he, was like, he looked like a lemon head. And they had that famous SportsCenter ad where he was just a huge heavy metal fan living in his mother's basement giving NFL takes. And he was... Uh, Elected into the Hall of Fame for football for his covering of it throughout all the years. He worked in Pittsburgh, and he worked in Washington, and he did later on working with Seattle and Denver stations towards the end. Rest in peace to John Clayton because I, I like this is something that you watch as a kid growing up. I want to do that. Rest in peace to Canadian baseball legend Pete Ward, who played for the White Sox, Orioles, and Yankees, and even coached the Braves. He's in the Canadian Hall of Fame. He was very beloved by the White Sox fans in the six-year period he played for the White Sox as a two-way player at third base. One of my dad's personal favorite players. He was runner-up for American League Rookie of the Year, which actually went to his teammate Gary Peters, who was an all-star caliber player. So it wasn't like, oh my God, that's so bad. But he was named AL Rookie of the Year by the Sporting News and finished in the top ten and AL's most valuable player in both 63 and 64, so he had some really good years. He was a member of the Oregon Sports Hall of Fame, and besides from the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, the Chicagoland Sports Hall of Fame also inducted him as well. He worked as a minor league manager for the Yankees, and that one season that he coached in the major leagues was with Bobby Cox and the Braves, so he worked with some really good people. So rest in peace to Pete Ward. Rest in peace to another baseball player, Ralph Terry, the pitcher, passed away to 86. Ralph Terry pitched for the Yankees, the A's, the Indians, and the Mets. He had to finish his career with the Mets after he started with the Yankees. He made two All-Star appearances in the 62 season, and he got and he won the World Series in 61 and 62. And in that 1962 World Series, he was the All he was the World Series MVP, and he led the league in wins. So finishing with two All-Stars, a World Series MVP, and leading the league in wins, and having a winning record of 107.99, 362 ERA, and a thousand strikeouts, and winning two World Series is not bad for his career. Rest in peace to Ralph Terry. Now then, football, football, football. Everybody loves football. Raiders, Casey Hayward is now going to the Falcons. It's a good move for them. The Lions kept David Blau and the Boyle because they, you know, you need depth there. Texans are signing Jalen Reeves Maven. It's a good move for them. Trey Hendren is Trey Hurden's thing with the Jaguars. Brandon Allen is as a steady gig of being Joe Burrow's backup. If Joe Burrow doesn't get hurt, that's a great deal for him. Saints getting Ty Montgomery. That's a great move because I could see him doing the James White role because Jai Montgomery's been a running back and a wide receiver in this league. But he can catch passes out of the backfield. They can line him up in different places on the field. I have faith that that's going to be a good move. 
the Cowboys did release a Lil Collins, so they're releasing and letting go of all these good offensive linemen, and Zeke Elliott's not going to have anywhere to run Dex, not going to have that amazing line. Steelers kept uh, Helco Witherspoon. Justin Hopkins is staying in Los Angeles for the Chargers. The Falcons picked up Tease Dabor. I just think that's a really interesting name. And they picked up offensive tackle Elijah Wilkerson. The Falcons double-dipping and taking Bears players. And remember we reported in the last week's podcast that Desiree Smith was signing with the Ravens? Well, he is not. So officially, he, would be, he did not sign that deal. With the move of Uzada leaving the Bengals, picking up Hayden Hurst is a good move because there was really no room for Atlanta with Kyle Pitts. Jordan Phillips going to the Bills. That helps out their defense. The Raiders had picked up Alex Bars. The Bears lose offensive linemen. And Allen Robinson has left the Bears officially and is going to the Rams. So the Rams could keep Odell Beckham Jr. and Robert Woods. But they're like, wow, we got Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. That's a good move for them, especially if he's healthy and he's not asked to be the number one wide receiver. He could be a number two guy. That's great. The Giants stupidly released Logan Ryan. I don't know why. Maybe to save money. The Bills picked up Shaq Lawson. So the Bills are picking up guys, man. They're getting a great defense going right there. Eagles released Fletcher Cox, but then resigned him because against money. Giants are at least keeping Corey Cunningham. Bank, uh, Cardinals are keeping their punter Andy Lee and their long snapper Aaron Brewer. And the Dolphins are keeping offensive line, uh, outside linebacker Brandon Scartlett. Uh, Jamin, Damian Wilson is going to the Panthers. Chargers are keeping Kristen Covington for their defense. Eli Apple is staying in the, for the Bengals. The Chiefs also picked them, I mean, excuse me, the bank, uh, the Falcons, after signing a couple of Bears players, they picked up former Bears and Chiefs running back Damian Williams. So they're just loading up there because it's a winnable division. Cowboys have re-signed Dorrance Armstrong, so at least that helps out their defense. And the ba- Bears, to replace Allen Robinson and Jakeem Grant, they picked up Equamania St. Brown. I don't really know what that does, but there you go. Ravens are signing no second Michael Pierce. That's a good move. Raiders are... Signing Amir Abdullah, that's good depth there. The Saints, former tight end Garrett Griffin's going to Lions. And the Saints are signing Contavious Street, the defensive end. And remember how oh, Devontae Adams signed, is, got placed with franchise tag and Aaron Rodgers thing. Well, guess what? They have officially traded Devontae Adams for a first and second round pick. That is a good move for the Packers because they're really good at drafting and developing. And they may draft a wide receiver who can be pretty good as he is. But now Rodgers doesn't have his number one guy. I don't know why he wants to stay there. And the Raiders are like, you're not going anywhere. We're giving you a five-year deal to be the highest paid receiver. So that's good. The Raiders are trying to go back to the playoffs. The Bears have signed Byron Pringle. Again, him and the St. Brown guy really don't fix their offensive issue. Titans are picking up Jordan Wilkins. That's a good move for them. And... Ray Ray McLeod is going to the 49ers. It's a good move for them with the move. And I mentioned Logan Ryan being cut. Well, he's going to the Buccaneers. So that just helps out of that team. That's a playoff team as well. And uh, Deshaun Williams' event tackle is staying in Denver. And the Cowboys are smart. They're keeping Van Der Esch. And the Bears are not officially signing Larry Aguna because of his failed physical, for those who are interested. Bills have signed Markel Lee to be the linebacker. So, again, they're beefing up their defense. Bears are signing defensive tackle Justin Jones, so that's a good move there. Panthers are signing defensive lineman Matt Adonisus. Bills released Star Latoli. Tight end Durham Smith is staying in Miami. Bengals released center Trey Hopkins, which I don't get. Cowboys keeping Luke Guilford. That's a good idea there. And safety George Udom is going to the 49er. 
DJ Moore signing a four-year extension. That's a good move for Carolina. Keep him there. Seahawks are signing to Quinton Jefferson. That's a good move. Patriots are keeping linebacker Javon Bentley. And the Seahawks, they're just not trying. They released Carlos Dunlap after releasing Bobby Wagner. Falcons are keeping cornerback Isaiah Oliver. The Bears have signed defensive end Al-Quinton Muhammad. So that's good for Matt Eberflus to get a guy from the Colts. And the biggest move is the Browns are going to trade for Deshaun Watson. That's a big move because for Deshaun Watson, man, after all the legal battles and stuff like that, and he'd done everything he possibly could to to get this team to the playoffs, is that he can finally go to a team where they have a good defense. They have a pretty good offensive line, even though they, they swapped out Amari Cooper for Jarvis Landry. They don't have Odo Beckham anymore. They got two running backs. They got Njoku. They don't have Austin Hooper anymore, but it's a great move there because you look at this, the the, the Texans, they get first-round picks in the next three years. Now, if Deshaun Watson takes the Browns to the playoffs for the next three straight seasons, those are late first-round picks. But still, first-round picks are good because then the, the Texans could always draft a quarterback by taking all these picks and combining them together, along with the third-round picks and the two fourth-round picks. Yeah, giving up a sixth-round pick, that doesn't matter. So, like, that that actually makes the Ravens go great. We got to get back to being healthy. The Steelers are, well, we signed Mitchell Trubisky, but we got to get to the playoffs. And then you got the, the Bengals who just won the Super Bowl. And they're like, crap, look at this move. What are you going to do there? I thought it was stupid that the Rams released Johnny Hecker. He's going to Carolina. And Austin Hooper, I thought it was stupid the Browns let him go. He's going to Tennessee. Tennessee doesn't have a, a really good tight end. Now they do. Panthers are getting a center in Bradley Bozeman. And Baker Mayfield now wants to be traded. Well, guess what? You're not. Seahawks are still trying to tank. Kerry Hyder's been cut. Chiefs are bringing in Judas Smith-Schuster. So that's a good move for them. For him to slide in as like their number two or number three. And Connor Olszewski is going to Steelers. So they're getting another receiver. Titans picked up Buster Scrine. That's a good move. The Bears are signing fullback Kahari Blasting Game. I just like the name. Eagles are keeping Anthony Harris. The Cardinals are keeping Ezekiel Turner. Boston Scott saying Boston's a good move. Cowboys are picking up James Washington to mix up for the receivers. They lost. He's a good third guy. Broncos are signing Josh Johnson because what a lot of teams do is they sign backup quarterbacks who are very similar to the game that they run that with the quarterbacks they actually have. So Russell Wilson can move, so it's a good one. Broncos picking up Alex Singleton, beefing up their defense. Seahawks are keeping offensive lineman Kyle Fuller. Cowboys are signing Dante Fowler Jr., so he can actually be on a playoff team. Giants signed Jameel Douglas. That's good for their offensive line. Panthers are keeping Dante Jackson, the cornerback. Titans are keeping Randy Bullock. And Fletcher Cox, as I mentioned, staying with the Eagles. Dontre Hillard staying in Tennessee. And Cordero Patterson is staying in uh, Atlanta. That's a good move for them. Garrett Gilbert's going to Oak, uh, Las Vegas to be the backup. Bears are retiring DeAndre Houston Carson. That's a good move. Rams are keeping Brandon Powell, the kick returner. And Rasheel Douglas staying in Green Bay. That's a good move for them. They need to fortify that defense. The Browns and Bills also made a trade. They're going to get Case Keenum. Case Keenum's going to back up Josh Allen. That's a good role to be a backup to Josh Allen. Stafford's on a four-year extension. That's good. He's going to stay there for a while. And Tua is no longer going to have a backup that could take his job. As Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett is going to go to the Browns because that is where... Where similar quarterbacks, him, Deshaun Watson, are kind of mobile quarterbacks. That's kind of where you go there. 
at the same time. So that that's a good move. Now, I do have to correct myself. He does have a backup quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater could take to his job. They're just swapping out. Bridge, uh, so, Brissett out and Bridgewater in. Jaguars are re-signing their, another running back. McKay starting it to a one-year deal. Del- safety Delson Levitt is staying with the Raiders. And the Packers are keeping Robert Tanya, which is good. They need some offensive weapons for Aaron Rodgers. And with the move of Allen Robinson officially going to L.A., the Rams traded Robert Woods to Tennessee, who could be a number two receiver to A.J. Brown in their run offense. I don't get this move for the Rams, getting only a six-round pick. I know he's coming off an injured season, but any team that can have Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods as your three receivers, even if you bring Odell Beckham Jr. or not back, I would have kept that. I don't get it. I thought they are trying to win. Chiefs have signed offensive tackle Jaron Christensen, Rashad Penny, who never stays healthy, staying with Seattle, Kamu Gilgo-Hill is staying with the Texans, Derek Nadi is, st- is staying with the Chiefs, and in Rensha, I said the Cowboys are super for releasing another offensive lineman. Well, Lel Collins is going officially to the Bengals. The Bengals are actually trying to protect their quarterback. Gerald Everett is going to the Chargers, so again, that's Chargers making moves. Panthers are signing Corey Littleton to a one-year deal. And the Falcons are signing Lorenzo Carter because I don't get why the Giants let these players go. And the Patriots are re-signing Trent Brown. That makes sense. You need to protect your quarterback. The Bills have signed Greg Manis to help protect the quarterback. And Ravens are re-signing Patrick Richard, their fullback. And Matt Barkley is joining Case Keenan to back up Josh Allen. Giants have signed Matt Breida. So, again, they got a good backup running back. This doesn't really help them. Giants are signing Jahai Ward, defensive lineman. Bills are keeping Duke. The Bills are signing Duke Johnson, which I could see Josh Allen throwing him as a pass catcher out of the backfield because their running back situation is not that great, but he can go and catch passes. Another big quarterback move was that Matt Ryan was traded to the Colts. The Falcons were like, yeah, we're not going anywhere, even though they made some good moves, signing some Bears players here, keeping Cordell Patterson. Even with Tom Brady back, the Bengals lost a lot of guys, so I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, the Falcons and the Saints no longer have Sean Payton and Drew Brees for another season. The Falcons could maybe squeak into a playoff. They're like, nah, it's okay. And everyone's like, well, they're gonna, they should have drafted a quarterback when they had a high pick instead of drafting a tight end. Well, they're like, it's a bad cap hit. Well, they're going to have a really bad cap hit, but they say, we'll trade Matt Ryan for a third-round pick because we just want the Colts to take on the whole entire contract. We can clear it off the, the, the books. So, yes, Matt Ryan is going to to the Colts. The Colts went from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett to, to Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz. Now they're on Matt Ryan. For however many years that he is, contract has left, I don't know if they're one year they're going to get rid of him, but they have a good offensive line. they got a, a top-five running back. Their defense is pretty good. I like Michael Pittman and Mo Alley-Cox and T.Y. Hilton, but they need to get – they need to draft some better skill play, uh, you know, weapons from the throw to because that's the weakness there. Ryan Santanos is signing with the Jaguars, and Jameis Winston is staying in New Orleans for two years, so that's good because they, I didn't really want to think go with Taysom Hill to start the season. Broncos are signing another, are signing a safety JRE. The game, the Giants losing guys. Lacan Treadwell is staying in Jacksonville. And Zach Paschal is going to the Eagles, so that helps them out in them trying to go to the playoffs. And with no quarterback in Atlanta, you're like, what are we going to do? Well, Marcus Mariota, who I still think is a good enough starting quarterback, is going to be there for the next two seasons. Bengals released Trey Waynes. The Razors are signing Micah Kaiser. That's good for them, beefing up in that division. J.R. Curse is staying with the Cowboys. The Cowboys are keeping defensive players, but they're letting offensive linemen go. Raiders are signing Kyle, Kyle, Kyler Fackerel. That's a good move for them. And Jamison Crowder, 
He's officially going to the Bills, which gives Josh Allen another weapon. I'm like, wow, what's up with all these weapons here? The Bengals are re-signing re Stanley Morgan. That's good for them. Lions are signing quarterback Mike Hughes to beef up their defense. Chris Board is also going to Lions. And Jacob Hollister is going to the Raiders, so that gives the Raiders another weapon for, for Matt Ryan to throw to. And... Um, Leonard Fournette is staying in Tampa Bay. He's signing a three-year deal because Brady's back. Sean Miniman staying the backup quarterback to Kirk Cousins. Chiefs picked up cornerback Luke L-U-Q. Interesting. And Barku. That's a really interesting name there. And Corey Coleman is going to the Chiefs. They're trying to beef up their offense. Cardinals signed Nick Virgil, the linebacker. And remember, Zary Smith, they said he wasn't going to the Ravens. Well, he's officially going to the Vikings on a three-year deal. So that is the Packers lose one of their five best defensive players. They lose him to a division rival, and he's going to be trying to sack Aaron Rodgers. Cowboys are keeping punter Brian Anger around. Packers are, are signing Jerron Reed to defensive tackle. Elijah Lee is going to the Chiefs. The Raiders are signing Vernon Butler. That's a good move there. And the Dolphins are signing left left tackle Teron Armstrad. That's going to help definitely help protect Tua. Now, as I mentioned about the Falcons, well, Matt Ryan's deal will incur a cap hit of $40.525 million for the Falcon, the largest cap hit in NFL history by nearly $7 million. That is so much, you know, for them and stuff that it's just like, wow. So that is the world of football. I'm sorry that there's so much to happening in the world of football. In basketball, Kevin Durant's officially now the 22nd on the all-time scoring list. Congratulations to him. Yusuf Nurkic was fined 40000 for throwing a fan's phone after he insulted his mother and his grandmother. Marc-Andre Fleury, the Blackhawks fire-selling, traded him to Minnesota. Isaiah Thomas has signed a remaining contract for the rest of the team, the Hornets. That's good for them. Al Michaels officially signing to be the Amazon voice for football. And Mike Trico signing with SiriusXM to be the master. Unfortunate news for the Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard's out for the rest of the year, but it helps build up their draft you know, pick, getting a good one. You got Carl Anthony Towns and Jason Tatum, one player of the weeks. LeBron James with the second most 36 po uh, most points in a game at his age of 20-plus. And Patrick Williams is back for the Bulls, so that's good for Bulls fans. And uh, Jamal Crawford announced his retirement from the NBA. It was just his birthday the other day, so it's fitting that after he just had his last, his most recent birthday that he announced his retirement age of 42. I think he's one of the greatest bench players of all time. Winning sixth man of the year three times, NBA teammate of the year. He has 1,900 points, almost 3,000 rebound, uh, rebounds, and almost 4,600 assists. That dude has a lot. And I remember when the Bulls drafted him as a point guard. He was like a combo guard. They weren't sure how good defensively he can be an actual facilitator. He had some good years in the Knicks. Then he played for the Warriors. And then he went into backup mode with Atlanta, Portland. And with the Clippers, that's when he won those. He started winning those back, uh, those bench players as he won two of them with the Clippers there. Because the first one he won it with the Atlanta Hawks. Then he played for Minnesota and then Phoenix. And then with the COVID year and all these injuries, he finished up with the Nets. So, yeah, I always remember Jamal Crawford fondly for obviously the all-time leader in four-pump plays. And he now became the oldest player to score 50-plus in a game, also for that 50-point outing to four franchises. The 51 tally are the most reached by a backup. He ranks 21st with, with 
450-plus games and eighth in career three-point field goals and the second player to have scored 1,000 points off the bench. You know, you got him and Lou Williams and Del Curry, probably the three greatest backup players of all time. And now he's doing uh, broadcasting. That's good for him. I just say happy trails from all Crawford. You had a really, really good career. And uh, Buccaneer, uh, the Bush, Anheuser-Busch is officially cutting time, excuse me, with the Washington football team. For those who are interested, Claude Giroux has played in 1,000 games. Congratulations to him. But he also just got traded as well. And he got traded to the, the, the Florida Panthers. So the Florida Panthers are trying to make the move. And I guess the way that the Philadelphia has played this year, that made sense for them. The Blackhawks traded Brandon Heigl as well. As I mentioned with the Blackhawks trading players away. This this move, he was traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning, which I don't like because I don't like Tampa Bay as a Blackhawks fan. But in this move, the Blackhawks get themselves two first-round picks in 2023 and 2024 and two players. Yes, they gave up two fourth-round picks, but I'd rather have two first-round picks than two first-round picks and then two players. So at least you could say in that move, the Blackhawks made a good move there. And John Collins has an injury in his right foot and his finger, so he's going to be out indefinitely, which is not good for the Atlanta Hawks trying to make the playoffs. Sadiq Bey scored 50-plus points and had 10-plus rebounds, 10-plus three, joining Damian Lillard as well. And Donnie Nelson Jr., who used to be the GM of the Mavericks, whose father is the great Don Nelson, is suing the Mavericks over firing him because of the whole sexual misconduct within the organization and how do you not know things. So he's suing them, and that is the world of basketball. In the world of baseball, we mentioned the losses of Pete Ward and Ralph Terry. Well, Tyler Anderson is going to the Dodgers. Kenley Jansen is going to Atlanta, and Michael Panay is going to Detroit. Chapman rejected a 10-year deal with the A's or $150 million to be traded to the Blue Jays and signed a two-year extension there. But yeah, Kenley Jans going to Atlanta. The defending World Series champions, they ain't playing, man. They, they, they get themselves a Hall of Fame caliber closer, take him away from the biggest rival because L.A., San Francisco, and St. Louis and Milwaukee and maybe the Mets are playoff teams. So Atlanta goes, okay, this is a move we just say, screw you there. Nikki Castellanos going to Philadelphia. They're beefing up their offense with him and Kyle Schwarber and not worrying about defense. Carlos Correa going to the Twins. That beats up their lineup. Smiley going to the Cubs as he was there years ago. is a good move for him no matter if he's going to start or relieve. Remember how we mentioned Texas had Kyle, uh, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, Jonathan Gray, and uh, it was like, okay, cool. They actually were reaching out to Kyle Seager's you know, the older brother of Corey Seager, because Kyle Seager is 34 years old, if I'm not mistaken. And I was like, why are you retiring? I know Seattle and you just don't want to play there anymore, but I'm looking at this like you could have gone to many teams needing a, a, a third baseman, first baseman, or DH. They reached out to them and said, would you like to play alongside your brother? That would have been cool, because I think at 34, he still has something left in the tank. When the Upton brothers joined together... I didn't really think that was the best team up in general as well. So Lair's going to Miami to join Avi Garcia and again, two corner outfielders who can't really field. Trevor scoring to Boston, which I don't understand because the Red Sox did not need another 20-30 home run hitter in their lineup. They needed pitching. Whatever. And there was a report that uh, the reason why David Ortiz was shot was because a drug pin king wanted him dead. 
I don't know if that's true, but that makes the story more interesting. Maybe make a movie out of it. The Nationals and Orioles are not going to be having their broadcast television partners traveling to start the season. What are you doing? I understand in 2020, because of COVID, you didn't travel and last year travel restrictions, but it's 2022, man. What are you doing there? Nationals officially announcing the retired number 11. Well, it makes sense. Mr. National is Ryan Zimmerman. And uh, Ken Goldstein, who works for like Fangraph, and he's a writer, and he's done baseball prospectus and whatnot, works for the Astros, is going back to working for the baseball, working for the Twins as well. That Davies got picked up as well is a move, and that's a good move for the Diamondbacks because they're not really going anywhere. So a dude who used to be the ace of Milwaukee and then pitched okay in San Diego and Chicago is a good backup there. And... Major League Baseball announced they're going to have a 28-man roster because of the shortened preseason. They've already went from 25 to 26, and they had 30 player 30 players during the during the pandemic year. That's whatever. They're bringing back Ghost Runners for another season. I don't like that. And yeah, and they have this Otani rule because they got to make exceptions for him that he is you know you if he starts the game as a pitcher. He could stay in his DH, which I, I think is one of the dumbest things that I've ever heard of in my entire life. But that is another thing. The Red Sox did announce that they're going to wear number two patches for Jeremy Remy this year. That's a good thing. Interesting news. Chael Sonnen has been charged with 11 counts of battery as well. That's interesting. The Kansas City Royals are remembering former scouting director, senior advisor, Art Stewart, with a memorial patch this year. Stewart joined the Royals for the expansion season 69 or made a team till his death last year. So that's really, really nice there. Now, entertainment news. Dr. Seuss is making like a baking competition show on Amazon. Sharon Osbourne is joining the Piers Morgan show. There's Mia Mitchell is leaving the good trouble for those who watch that. Jesse Schramm is coming back to Chicago Med. I'm a huge fan of Harvey Gein from its, from his time on What We Do in the Shadows and his short-lived role on Zoe's Actuary Playlist. But I'm not thinking that he's the best guy to voice Nightwing in this Harley Quinn animated show. Leslie Jones, who I don't care for, is joining BMF. Ali Eve is joining early edition reboot of CBS. Regina King, Blake Live, Ron Reynolds, and Limon Miranda are doing the Met Gala. Good for them. They're making a Matthew Knowles biopic about Beyonce's father. This woman who goes by one name, Helion, is joining Disclaimer. Two TikTok stars are getting a show on IMBTV about high school. I don't really get that. And they're making a movie about Play-Doh, which is stupid. South Park, to honor their 25th anniversary, is having a concert with Alexa Ween and Primus. For those their interest, they were selling tickets. And, uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy writer has been placed on leave, and an EP of Dancing the Stars is leaving the show. Oh, U2 is going to get a biopic by J.J. Abram, which is cool, because I'll definitely watch that. They were going to make this show about, like, national parks with, like, Kevin Costner writing the script or something, but they're going for ABC with this guy named Rashad Rashani. Julia Fox and Steven Zanner joined this thing called Trainer. They're going to run a Breaking Bad marathon before the start of the new season of Better Call Saul, which is cool. Maury Povich shows ending after 37 plus season, 30 plus seasons. You know, he's, you know, done with that. Daddy Yankee, the rapper, is announcing that he's retired for those who are fans of that. There's going to be the show on front, uh, Frontline about medical drama Michael Strand is producing because he loves ABC. Santa Miller and Priyak Chopra are joining this thing called Secret Daughter. This woman named Dana McCullough is going to Fast 10. This Mike, uh, Michael B. Jordan is producing this thing that I, you know, protect. I protest people like help destroy people's lives. Some weird, interesting thing. Patrick Starr, which I mentioned previously had the first season, is getting a second season for those fans of that. 
And Christina Rossini is joining that Wednesday Adam show and have like a multiverse thing, which I think that's interesting. And then you got this like Drake Roger dude who I'd never heard of, but Meg Dolly from Zombies movie franchise and really good on American Housewife. She's joining the Supernatural prequel. You know, that's a popular show. So if you want a spinoff or a remake or a prequel, that's cool by me. Then you guess Betty Gilpin is joining Mrs. Davis. Dolly Parton is joining this Run Rose movie th- where she's going to be part of it. Ben Stiller is going to be being this new shining thing. And I'm like, okay, taking the Jack Nicholson role. Okay, that's cool. Stacey Dash is getting a reality TV show about her new life. Okay. Jared Spector is going to play this thing about like Bruce Hooks about making Jaws or something like a musical. So it's confusing. It's about the guy writing Jaws or what's going on. That's interesting. Just like that was new for season two. Whoever watches that. Tristan Gordon-Levitt's going to play Johnny Carson, and I can see that. They kind of look a bit like each other. Anna Villafor is going to play Vidal Castro's daughter in this incoming movie. That's interesting. Mike McGrace, excuse me, McKenna Grace, everyone knows her. She's going from, she's going to, her next product is Friend of a Family, which is going to be on Peacock Streaming, for those who want to watch that. And this uh, Demonre Barnes is coming back to SVU, for those who are a fan of his character. Brandy and Jason Biggs are going to be in this thing called Best Miss Christmas Ever. Stephen Weber is going to be in Chicago Med. For those who are a fan of him, I think he's a good actor. Shows shows like Oval and Sisters have been renewed at B.A.T. For those who watch that. And next week's podcast, I'm going to talk about the new show, Naomi. The finales of last season of Flash. This season's of Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman. And the start of Superman and Lois from this season. And I'll wrap it in to the quality of programming on CW. And then not the quality programs on the CW. Especially... The fact that CW pretty much renewed every single show, except for like the two new ones that just were on this year, and 4400 and All American Homecoming, and they haven't made decisions on spring shows like Roswell and In the Dark and Stargirl, because those are springtime summer shows, and they haven't made decisions about Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow and a few others, but every much, every, pretty much every show got renewed. I want to get to the show's Good Sam and the show's and the show Cleaning Lady. So Good Sam is medical drama that that I was watching. And I'm like, okay, so CBS wants to get into the medical drama world. Because ABC's had countless dramas, including the Grey's Anatomy franchise, Good Doctor. NBC's had their run of medical dramas, and they have New Amsterdam. Fox has had medical shows, and they've had, and now they have The Resident for the past three, four years. So you're like, okay, like, they want to get into it. The problem is the writing is horrible, the lighting's bad, the music's bad. People who are fans of Sophia Bush, who like her from being on Chicago PD, wonder why she joined this show. Jason Isaac, I'm a huge fan of his from every television show movie he's been in, but not great show. It's just like, okay, cool. The show has not been that great. The writing's not been bad, and the whole show is this. Jason Isaac is the leading doctor at this hospital, whatever. And his daughter works there, and he never is good enough, and they always had a strained relationship. And at the same time, the mother is like the president of the hospital, but I don't know if she has some sort of medical degree or what she's doing. But she, the fact that it's no way that the wife could be in charge of the hospital, get divorced from her husband, and still let him be the lead, and have the daughter work there, it's way too much. And then you happen to be that her ex-boyfriend also works there. Her best friend sleeping with Jason Isaacs and nobody knew about it. And you have a Hispanic dude and like an Indian dude. And the Hispanic dude is gay with the paramedic. One of the nurses mentioned that she's gay. And it's like, okay, cool. And the premise is that 
he has he gets shot and he's in a coma and while he's in a coma the mother points the daughter to be the interim and every and she's in charge and he wakes up miraculously and he's always belittling her and t- tearing her down and he wants to get back to being a surgeon and being in charge and he'll do anything to screw over his daughter and his relationship with his daughter and I don't and the mother lets it go and it's just like what am I doing here this is just stupid because the music I can't tell what the hell's going on. The storytelling is every single episode, the two of them are at each other's throat, not caring about the patients, not giving a dang about the actual medical thing and working together. And Jason Isaac thought he was the smartest person in the room in Star Trek Discovery, and this one too. And he's just like, dude, you're not the main character of the show. Like, you got to play a secondary role, man. You can't be the lead in this thing. But, man, this is just... And it's like, why do you need five people working the same case at a time with six for a supervisor and the good doctor... They split up and they do different things. New Amsterdam, each doctor is working on something different. And even in the resident, one or two doctors, but not like the whole entire team. It's just like you're wasting time there with that. And it's just wasted. Everything's just not good. It's stale. It's got. It's just not that great. And then I said all the relationships are stupid and all the other stuff. And it's just like the show's not realistic. They look like Los Angeles actors pretending to be doctors. They act like immature adults. It's like whiny jerks and stuff. And I don't know. Maybe that's why CBS does not have success at having amazing medical dramas. If you do want to watch amazing dramas, I would say The Good Doctor and New Amsterdam, The Resident. And for people who already watched Grey's Anatomy, Chicago Med, continue to watch those two shows. They're never going to get canceled. You should definitely watch that. So that's like an example of a really, really bad show. And it should probably be canceled and moved from the air. It wouldn't be lost. The next show is The Cleaning Lady, which is based off an Argentinian soap opera. So you're like, okay, at least, oh, Fox Baby can have a real show that's theirs. Nope. It is a soap opera. Let's make a soap opera into this thrilling crime drama where this woman who's Cambodian Filipino and her son has a rare condition and they fly to the U.S. and they're supposed to get like a transplant and it doesn't work out and she and her sister-in-law are illegal so they have to like clean things that late at night and have weird schedules get paid under the table and she has two kids and her husband and the main actress husband's back overseas and stuff and she cleans and witnesses a murderer instead of you know being killed they're like well you're still good at cleaning i'm gonna hire you oh you're a doctor cool i'm gonna also hire you in case i need some medical stuff and then i like the fact that adrian canto aiden canto from designated survivor and X-Men and all these other things that I'm a huge fan of. He's the dude working for the huge crime boss. This is all in Las Vegas, so there's all the limelights in Las Vegas. He goes, well, I'm going to hire you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to help you get your son all the medic, all the stuff he needs. You just got to work for me. Then I'm a huge fan of Oliver Hudson. He's a funny dude, man. Kate Hudson's brother. I said, look, he knows for rules of engagement. And yeah, he was in Nashville. And then he was in, in the Howard Scream Queens. And then I saw him and splitting up together. This dude's funny. So I really can't take him as an FBI agent who goes over the top. To break the rules and do things not inside the book. And his boss is his former is his former partner. So that's kind of weird though. And it's just like, okay. And uh, it's like, okay, whatever. And it's not realistic because any time in the show, Kanto's character would have killed her or his bosses or his henchmen. Hudson and his bosses and all the people at the FBI would have arrested her already. She would have been deported because in one episode they almost got deported like three different times. She had to go to Mexico, couldn't get back in. And it's just like, what is going on with this show? One of the good things was Lou Don Phillips had a guest role. He played a jerk, but he was there. 
Now, the first episode was written really well, deep storytelling, giving you all the information about every single character, what's going on with them, blah, 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 that Oliver Hudson is divorced father, all this stuff. And it's like, okay, cool. It could have been a miniseries to put on in the summer when there's nothing going on. It could have been made to a movie. And then it's a little bit overproduced because that music in the in the background constantly is just horrible. This is unrealistic a lot of the time. So it's like, okay, cool. First episode, great. And every time I'm just watching this and it's like, this is stupid. Like, mark my words. The first episode was action-packed. There was no wasted scenes. It was very well put together. I really liked it. It was like, okay, cool. As I see Alvarez and Aiden Canto, with the two of them, one of them would have killed her or arrested her. It's just like, it's just stupid. And then they have the whole, well, he's married to this hot, gorgeous Hispanic woman. And they're working for, like, I guess this Middle Eastern crime boss dude who took him in. That he would kiss and fall in love with the main actress who per- is, like, smart doctor. And she's from his, and she's from the Manila or, you know, Cambodia. But in real life, she's, like, a French actress. And it's just like, okay, cool. And it's just like they're trying to lead up the two of them being in a relationship because his wife thinks that he's cheating on her and so does her husband because they do kiss and stuff. It's just like I do it from the moment that it was. I would take interest in her helping her kid. It's just so stupid. It's just a waste of time. And they're like, she does a good job, this French actress, of I'm this doctor, but I gave it up to be a cleaning lady so that I can help my child out. It's just a really good job there, but it is so stupid, okay, how they can do this thing. It's just, come on. And unlike a CBS sitcom not hiring somebody from the same country, which people were an issue with, you know, Al, at least she's half Cambodian, but still, it's just not the most believable. And here's the thing. Her sister-in-law is only important because of the jobs and the house. But her kids are not that important. They got to throw in that crap. So it's just like, okay. The plot is well thought out and they put to, and, it, and it's put together. But as I mentioned, miniseries, TV shows, just eh, not that great. Because you all know the only way it's going to work is at Babel Catcher, she'll get arrested or detained. The cartel will kill her and, sh- and the show will be over. And her son may die anyway. So it's like, whatever, because she's got nothing to lose. I commend Fox for going back to the roots for greenlighting something. And then you're like, wait a minute. This is not real. It's an Argentine soap opera. So what obviously, though... This concept was actually really thought out based on the Argentine soap opera, so I'll give credit to Fox because fans hope, wow, this may not be the most original idea, but they made it fresh and it's not old repeats and like reruns and stuff like that. So if you cancel Prodigal Son, which was a top quality show, and for and a few and a few style shows in recent years, nothing is safe on this network, despite how fresh the ideas can be. So even if people really are hooked to the show, I don't have a feeling this will be renewed. And you'll be like, dang it, this this show, I really got into it, it got it got canceled. I'm 90% sure the show is going to get canceled. There's a 10% chance it gets renewed because you never know anymore with these people at Fox canceling the good shows. Like they canceled Prodigal Son, and they canceled The Gifted, and they, and they recently canceled The Big Leap. That's the thing. Fox canceled Big Leap. It looks like our kind of people is going to stay, and it's just like, what are you doing? Fox needs to remember this. The thing that makes their networks the best is anime domination on Sunday. It's been the last five years plus, The Masked Singer, and then having another competition reality show afterwards and not a live action show. And the 911 franchise. You know, you can make another spinoff. The Resident has been very important to this network. The thing they haven't really taken care of is, is half-hour sitcoms. And then you go back to coming up with great sitcoms and, some, and then you stop doing this. So at the end of the day... Cleaning Lady, 90% chance I think it's going to get canceled. 
I wouldn't be surprised it got renewed because it's interesting and it's not the worst show ever. It's just not the best show. But, yeah, I don't know. And The Good Sam hasn't been on a week because CBS has been showing reality competition shows. You know, like Survivor, Amazing Race, Tough as Nails. Then you have, like, I don't know, does Dwayne Rockton have something? And then you have Ray Lewis in this new ad for another show. So it's just like, okay, cool. At the end of the day, Good Sam is crap. The fact that Bowl is ending this season, FBI is most wanted, Julie McMahon is leaving the show, and they got rid of MacGyver before, you know, they got rid of Magnum P.I. or Y50 who had the runs. CBS, your one-hour dramas are going down the air, okay? You are king of sitcoms because you show six at a time more than any other network, and even if some are crap, at least you're giving them a chance. People are in love with the NCS franchise and the Blue Blood franchise, and you just love remakes because Magna P.I. and Equalizer are remakes and nobody really cares about those things. So, sorry sorry to Jason Isaacs. So you're in another project where it's going to get canceled or you're just going to be a one-time season thing. And when this gets canceled, fans of Sophia Bush should be happy that she can go back to what she's doing, okay? So, rest in peace to the people who passed away. Happy trails to the people who retired. Wow, all the football news to check out on the Radar Entertainment blog on Facebook to see all the details of money and years. Check out on the Radar YouTube channel for the two baseball videos I recorded last week. And as, and, and as always, movie reviews are on there. Follow me on Twitter or Radar4428 or check out my blog, Radar4428 on Blogger or my website on the RadarMedia.com. And as always, we talk about local and national sports and pop culture. This was episode 127. And I'm Radar from the Radar. Download the podcast on the Radar wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, or Spotify. See you guys next time.